the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With children today, only he can give us the strength to get through each day. Welcome to Verse by Verse. Today we will continue our study of the Olivet Discourse from Matthew 24. As Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel leads our class, he will discuss two main characters that are involved in the time of Jacob's trouble, otherwise known as the Great Tribulation. Here's Pastor Steve. Now, regardless of the ranting and ravings of the man who is the president of the nation of Iran today, Israel will never be destroyed. Never be destroyed. God just won't let that happen. Now, she may be and she will be, and she has been severely attacked. She has and she will continue to endure many casualties. But Israel's population, we're told, will never be completely destroyed because God has promised to preserve the Jewish people and to bring them ultimately to faith in their Messiah so that they will receive, as we have, the new covenant blessings of salvation in Christ. That is precisely the point that Paul makes in Romans chapter 11. He is dealing with God's faithfulness to Israel. And this is very important. I want you to see this. Romans chapter 11. Notice what Paul says. Now, back in Paul's day, there were people just like in our day saying God is through with Israel. They had their chance. They rejected their Messiah. He's cast them aside permanently. There's no way he's ever going to restore them. They're no longer his people. Instead, he has replaced Israel with the church. And they would say the church is now Israel. Folks, that's not what Paul teaches. Paul says in Romans 11, verse 1, I say then God has not rejected his people, has he? May it never be. Now, much of Christendom says, yes, he has. We side with the Apostle Paul. He said, may it never be. And here's his, his defense. He said, if God has rejected Israel, then what am I doing here? For I, too, am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. If, his point is this. If God has rejected Israel because they rejected Christ, then why am I a believer? Because I have been the greatest Christ rejecter of them all. He goes on to say, God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel? He said, do you not understand what happened in Elijah's day? Well, he'll tell us in verse three. Here's what Elijah said. Elijah said, Lord, they've killed your prophets. They've torn down your altars and I alone am left and they are seeking my life. Elijah had a little bit of a pity party, thinking he was the only one faithful to God. The whole nation had turned against God, and he was the only one left. And, and we understand why Elijah would, would feel that way. He lived in a day of apostasy. From his perspective, everybody had forsaken the true God for Baal. But notice God's response. 
What then, Paul says in verse 4, is the divine response to him. Here's the divine response, something Elijah didn't understand. I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Elijah, you're off by 7,000 people. You're off. And one, 7,001, you're the one. Paul then makes this astounding conclusion. He said, in the same way then, there has also come to be at the present time a remnant according to God's gracious choice. Now, folks, what Paul is saying here is that in every generation, including his generation, there have always been and there always will be a small minority, a remnant of Jewish people who believe in the Messiah. Sometimes in history, it'll be less than others, but there will always be some. And then at the end of, of Romans chapter 11, he makes this astounding statement that at the end of the tribulation, the whole nation, which, which will be a remnant, they'll be saved. All the Jewish people, for the most part, as a nation, the national identity of the Jewish people at that time, the nation will be converted. Notice he says in verse 25. Said, for I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery so that you will not be wise in your own estimation. Now, he is dealing with Gentile pride, the pride of some Christians who think that they can look down upon Israel because they believed the gospel and Israel didn't. And Paul's just smashing that. He said, I want you to understand, lest you be wise in your own estimation, thinking that you are better than them because you believe. He's going to tell them that someday Israel, all of Israel will believe and be saved. He said that a partial, here's what I want you to understand, a partial hardening has happened to Israel. Meaning that for the most part, the majority of Jewish people through the years, have not believed. That's true. It's a partial hardening. There's a remnant, but a partial hardening. The majority has not believed. Until, though, he said, there's coming an end to that situation. Until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. When the last Gentile is saved, then God will turn his attention to Israel and notice. And so, all Israel will be saved just as it is written. He doesn't mean that every Jewish person who has ever lived will be saved. He means that those Jewish people at the time of the end of the tribulation, the remnant, which at that time is the whole nation because thousands will have been killed prior to this, they'll be saved just as it is written. The deliverer will come from Zion and he will remove ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. They will experience the new covenant blessings of Salvation. This is why Jesus says at the end of Matthew 25, he speaks about separating the sheep from the goats and he gives to the sheep his kingdom. He said, prepared for you. This has been prepared for you. The remnant of believers will be the ones who will receive the kingdom on earth. When Christ returns. Now, this ought to be very encouraging to us because the principle here is that it is a good reminder to us. That God is faithful to keep his word. That's always important that we remember that. Regardless of how bleak your circumstances may look, you can always trust the Lord to be true to his word. Always. Just as he was and will be faithful to the Jewish people, so folks, he will be faithful to you 
as well. Now, this doesn't mean that you won't experience pain and suffering and adversity in life. You will. Jesus said in the world, you'll have tribulation. But it does mean that God will sustain you in the midst of your pain and suffering and tribulation. God will sustain you and he will keep all of his promises to you. His grace is sufficient, even in the midst of the deepest of adversities. And that's exactly what he will do with the Jewish people during the time of the tribulation. Because, you see, even though God has decreed that the great tribulation will last only three and a half years so that a remnant of Jewish believers will survive and be alive when Jesus returns, Satan will attempt to thwart God's plan by using the Antichrist to kill as many believers as possible as well as try to destroy the entire nation of Israel. Where do we read that? Let's look at Revelation chapter 12. You really can't study what we're studying in Matthew 24 without referring to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 12 is a fascinating chapter because it reveals Satan's efforts to destroy Israel in the last years of the tribulation. Now, I want you to notice, and I want to introduce to you the two main characters in this chapter. The chapter opens by introducing to us the first main character, a woman. Verses 1 and 2. A great sign appeared in the heavens, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of 12 stars. And she was with child, and she cried out being in labor and in pain to give birth. Then verse 5 says, And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God, to his throne. Now this woman mentioned here is about to give birth, we're told, to a child. This is no ordinary woman. This is no ordinary child. Because she is described in symbolic language as being clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and on her head, a crown of 12 stars. Now, who is this woman and why is she described in this unusual manner? Well, anyone familiar with the Old Testament, as John's original readers were, would immediately recognize that this is the same symbolic description of the nation of Israel that was given to Joseph in a dream way back in Genesis 37. What they mean at this point, the the symbols here, you, you don't need to be concerned about. But understand that this is Israel he's talking about. And to further affirm that, verse 5 says, and she gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nations. This is the Messiah. She gave birth to the Messiah. We know that Jesus was born into this world as a Jewish baby. So this is Israel. There is no question about that. So the first main character is the nation of Israel. But the second main character that we read about in Revelation 12 is the devil himself. And the reason we read about him here is because of his intense hatred for Israel and her greatest child, Jesus, the Messiah. Notice verse 3. Then another sign appeared in heaven and behold, a great red dragon and then it gives a description that we don't need to go into, but, it, but it's a red dragon. And then notice verse 9. It tells us who this red dragon is. The red dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who was called the devil and Satan. He is presented here, by the way, as a powerful red dragon because he is vicious and bloodthirsty. The red would speak of his bloodthirsty disposition. 
And then notice what verses 7 through 9 tell us about the devil. There was war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. The dragon and his angels waged war. And they were not strong enough, and there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who was called the devil, and Satan, was, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. What we're told is that right now, even though Satan is a fallen angel, he apparently, in these days... He apparently still has access to heaven. We know that because Job tells us that at that time, Satan, a few thousand years ago, the time of Job, appeared before God to give an account of himself. And I take it that he still has access to heaven. But according to these verses, there is coming a day, and based on the chronology of the book of Revelation, this is at the midway point of the tribulation, three and a half years into it, when Satan and his evil angels will be involved in a war with one of God's highest angels who actually is sent to watch over Israel, Michael. Michael and the holy angels. There'll be a war. And we read here that Satan and his angels will lose that war. And the result will be that they will be permanently ousted from any kind of entrance into heaven. So the devil will be thrust out of heaven, his host of demons too, but where is he thrust down to? He's thrust down to the earth, we read. So once the devil is expelled from heaven, the next few verses in Revelation chapter 12, 10 and 11, tell us that heaven is thrilled. Celebrations begin in heaven. He's gone. It's like the wicked witch is gone, and they start celebrating. However, heaven's gain is earth's loss. Notice what we read in verse 12. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. Heaven's gain, as I said, is earth's loss, because according to verse 12, the devil knows that he has only a little time left to vent his anger. The reason he has only a short time left is because according, as I said, to the chronology of the book of Revelation, his expulsion takes place at the midway point of the tribulation, which means he only has three and a half years to vent his anger and his hatred. And he vents it primarily on something that is extremely precious to the Lord, and that is Israel, who God said in the Old Testament they were the apple of his eye. And so we read in verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman. The woman is Israel who gave birth to the male child. This will be the worst expression of anti-Semitism that the Jewish people have ever experienced. That Satan will seek once again to destroy them. He has tried throughout history to destroy them. And why? Why has he tried so hard to destroy the Jewish people? Well, For one thing, yes, they are precious to God and anything precious to God, Satan hates. But there's something more to it than that. He has tried to destroy the Jewish people, note this, in order to prevent Christ from coming. He did that in the Old Testament. The days of Esther try to wipe out all the Jewish people. You wipe out all the Jewish people, Messiah can't come because he's 
Jewish. He tried that at other times. He tried that when Jesus was born and Herod tried to kill and did kill many of the infants back in the time of Moses. Pharaoh tried to destroy the Jewish people. And Satan's been behind that. He's been behind that. In fact, look at verse 4 of Revelation 12. This speaks of Satan's fall. And his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, that's Israel, we know, who was about to give birth so that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. What does that mean? At the time of Christ's birth, there was Herod who gave order that all of the children born in that area would die. That's why Joseph took his family, and fled to Egypt. And he'll try it again. He's going to try it again. Now, Satan has always tried that. See, there, if there are no Jewish people living on the earth and no nation of Israel is in existence, then Jesus won't return. And God's word is not true. Then Satan is safe in his demented way of thinking because Christ's return is centered around delivering Israel from her enemies and establishing on earth the kingdom that was promised to them. So the devil will seek to kill all the Jewish people, but God will not let this happen. Verse 14. But the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and half a time. From the presence of the serpent. Notice verse 6. Same truth is taught here. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God so that she would be nourished for 1,260 days. Folks, do you realize what we're reading here? We learn that God has prepared a place for Israel where she will be protected for three and a half years. Three and a half years are 1,260 days. It fits. Now, how God is going to do this, we don't know. He just tells us here, two wings of a great eagle. Don't read too much into that. We don't know what that is. Some people love to speculate, and, and that's, that's why prophecy is so exciting to them. But we don't know exactly what that is. Perhaps it'll be some kind of an airlift. Perhaps not. We don't know. It's not important what it is. What is important is that God is going to protect Israel. Some kind of safe refuge in the wilderness. Now, I want you to think with me for a moment. Does not this fit exactly what we've been learning from Jesus back in Matthew 24? Let's go back to Matthew 24. Remember what he said in verse 16. then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. The moment you hear the news about the abomination of desolation, get up and flee for a refuge in the mountains. Don't waste any time. Leave Judea as quickly as possible. Head to the mountains for your own safety and protection. That's exactly what Revelation 12 tells us. Now, as we continue Matthew, in Matthew 24, we see that as Jesus continues, note this, as he continues speaking about the last three and a half years of the tribulation, he speaks 
to the Jewish people who will be in hiding at that day. He speaks for their sake. They're in hiding from the satanic government forces. They're hiding in the mountains, probably hiding in little clusters and little groups. One group is over here, another is over here and and throughout. And we know that because based on what we read next, it becomes apparent that the Jewish people are in hiding, isolated from others. However, what we read next also reveals that false believers are going to infiltrate these groups and try to lure them out into the open where they will not be safe. Look at verses 23 through 26. Then if anyone says to you, what he means is anyone says to you while you're in hiding in this mountain refuge, behold, here's the Christ or there he is. Jesus said, don't believe him. If they say it, don't believe them for false Christ and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders. So as to mislead, if possible, even the elect behold, I've told you in advance. So if they say to you, he means if they say to you at that time that you're hiding, behold, he's in the wilderness. Don't go out or behold, he's in the inner rooms. Do not believe them. Now, to those who will be hiding in their mountain refuge. Protected by God, Jesus warns that Satan is going to send his ambassadors into their midst, into these small clusters of of groups. And he's going to try to lure you out of hiding by claiming, watch this, that the Messiah has arrived on earth and that he's busy performing signs and wonders and miracles and that he wants you to come to him so he can establish his kingdom. He's waiting for you. He's out in the wilderness, one will say. Another will say, no, no, I know that he's in an inner room, perhaps in the city of Jerusalem. He's just waiting for you. He's there in secret. Nobody knows he's there. He's just waiting for you people to come to him. So that's what they're going to say. One false teacher will say to the group he's with, Messiah has returned. He's here. He's doing these signs. Come on, let's leave. Let's go to him. Another will say, no, I I know where he is. He's in an inner room, very private, very quiet. Come, let's go to him. So so when you go to him, he'll start his kingdom. He's just waiting for you. Now, understand that Satan will be behind these lies about the Messiah's arrival because he wants these Jewish people to come out of their hiding place, their place of refuge and safety so that they can be captured by his forces, Antichrist forces, and then killed. That's the goal of Satan. To destroy every Jewish person on this planet so that Jesus won't return to fulfill his promise to them. So his method at that time will be to try to deceive these people into thinking that their Messiah has returned. And all they need to do is go to him. Let's go. However, they won't do it. Jewish believers in Christ will not do it because they will not believe these phony Christians. And why not? Well, notice what Jesus said at the end of verse 24. So as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. In other words, these false believers will try to mislead you to follow a false Messiah, but it won't happen. In fact, Jesus said it's not even possible. It's not even possible. Thank you for joining our class today. In our next time together, Pastor Steve will bring the concluding part to this message on the supreme sign of Christ's return. 
he will discuss the question, Can a true believer deny Christ? It is our prayer here at Verse by Verse that you have been spiritually blessed by these daily radio programs. It is our desire to help you in your daily walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We strive to do this by offering other resources on our website, versebyverseradio.org. There you can sign up for our free podcasting service and our free monthly newsletter. If you have any questions about this broadcast or anything in your spiritual life, please feel free to call us at 727-239-0306 during regular business hours. You can also email us at contact at versebyverseradio, all one word, dot O-R-G. That phone number again is 727-239-0306. I'm your announcer, Jerry Pruden. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. Genesis 19 picks up in the middle of the narrative about Sodom and Gomorrah. The end of Genesis 18, Abraham and God are going back and forth on whether or not to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham is pleading with God, if there are only a few believers there, will you spare the city? But what happened was God ended up rescuing Abraham's nephew, Lot, and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah and still destroying the city. One of the principles of God's salvation is that he... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.